Hello and welcome, Monday Club, we're back. Um, uh, you might notice I have this on. Is that sprayed on or is that a t-shirt? This is a t-shirt. Are you mocking it? Listen, you're sitting there I'm with... I'm not mocking your... the, but I'm not listen, mocking the brand. Listen, you're sitting there with your collars popped and a quiff. So relax, mate, I'll... Elvis. I was born in the 80s. This is our address. No, mate. Um, today we've got uh, Ricky from Burn Electrical. Jamie's mate. Hello. Good evening. Thanks for having us. It's first time I spoke to him, isn't it? It's not, we're off. We are internet friends, but it's the first time we have properly communicated. Is on this forum here. Internet friends. Is, yeah. that, is that as sad as, as well, being a, a pen pal? There's a, bit, <laughs> there's, there's a bit more of a story to it than that, but we'll cover that in a bit. But don't. that's not an open invitation for everyone out there to start trying to become my internet friend, because I will just yeah. tell you to fuck friends. off. And it's like in between, isn't it? Friends, See, listen, what have I told you about swearing in the first five minutes every yeah, week? That's why I do it. You should get a swear jar. <laughs> Mate, hey, hey, I'm not being funny, but after the editing you did on the last one, which was uh, nothing, you can do that this week. Never mind. You, would, you wouldn't need any sponsors if you had a swear jar, Jamie. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> so, just to let everyone know, we're now sponsored by Verso. This episode is brought to you in conjunction with Verso, and we've got a little treat in a minute. Nice. They sent us um, a cake. Eh? Oh, they sent us a cake. Oh, I wish they did, mate. I could I could have cake with my tea, because I'm having tea today rather than whiskey. Because uh, apparently last week's episode, I was quite drunk. I didn't think I was. I'm drinking traditional pedo water, as I always do on these podcasts. <sighs> Why is he saying this stuff so early on? You know, that's just going to get us... <sighs> mate... He's just got no etiquette, has he? So this week we're talking about community, the social media, social media community, um, what, or what um, I like to call the electrical. What did I call it? The electrical social media <laughs> sphere. A cesspit. No man, I think. <laughs> see, I don't think it is that. I don't I think don't. it is that. I think it's what you make it. I think it depends how popular on what you think of it, doesn't it? If you. If you're not very popular or people don't listen to you much, you call it a cesspit. If you get along all right with it, then it's all right, isn't it? No. What do you make of it? So, hold on. The community has brought us together with um, young Ricky here. It has. You tell him, Rick. You tell him. Yep. How do I know you? Or how did we first cross paths? <clears throat> well, bizarrely, we, we didn't actually communicate with each other on DIY Swiss, but we happened to see one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't till I'm going to say maybe mid-February towards March when we got the sniff of the programme being broadcast that I realised I was actually following Jamie and we'd worked <laughs> on the project together. Um, Although I but... weren't sparking, I was just general labouring. But um, yeah, so it was a good one. Good. If anyone wants to watch it, it's DIY, so it's Kettering, if anyone wants to go on. Yeah. No one wants to watch it. No one wants to watch it. It's a nice programme. I don't like Nick Knowles. Right, and I don't uh, like Billy uh, Byrne. I right. don't like Billy Byrne. I know why you don't like Billy Byrne. I'll let you know that one, but I won't hear. I literally will not hear a bad word said about Nick Knowles by anyone. I'm treating him like the Queen today, yeah? I will not hear a bad <laughs> word said about him at all. End of story. Why? Because he's brilliant. Why is he? You have to, you is have he to, the I'm, only famous person you've met? You have to be there, as I'm sure Rick will adhere to. Yeah, you, you have to be there. Yeah, and, no. I'm not, and he asks you not to speak about it, so I'm not going to speak about it. But if you want to, if you want to find out... Go and do some volunteering on a, on a listen, well, listen, if you can't speak, if you can't speak about it, then don't say it on the show because now you have to say it. I'm trying to start an air of uh, intrigue. So yeah, if you, I think what leads this weekend, if anyone wants to go and volunteer, get yourself up there. Yeah, they're, they're desperate for volunteers. They've appealed on BBC 
Radio 2, who have to spark for second picks, I think, on the so if 27th, you're on here, Leeds, 28th, 29th, I think. This will be out Monday morning when they start it. So if you're on here, Leeds, uh, look at DRSS on Facebook and see if that's where you are. Because it's a good crack. It is Mox. a really good crack. Mox mm. near Leeds, isn't he? I Mark don't know. Is he, I thought he was in, what's it called? That Driffield. hellhole. Driffield. Yorkshire. The whole yeah, but I Yorkshire. swear he's near Leeds. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd go up, but I've just had two weeks off on paternity leave. And if I did that, I'd be taking the piss. Ricky, we need to address something before we move on. Crack on. What? What? When did you get shot in the face with a BB gun? <laughs> oh, he's frozen. Where? What? Oh, oh no. <laughs> I think my, my partner seems to like it, so it stays. And we've got technical problems. We've got technical problems. I'm just changing over one second. I've got to change oh. the feed. The fit, it sounds like a proper studio, this does. It's not. I've just got to put it onto my phone because my... Because you know what happens? My wife will close the curtains to the back door. The the good news is this gets recorded at Zoom, not at Sam's house. Otherwise, this would all get lost. Yeah, it would. Your wife closes right. the, what, you got cur- Are you scared of nuclear war? Have you got curtains made out of lead or something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What, she closes what, the door, closes the out. curtains... And that's it. No signal. <laughs> it's not like you're making a living out of it or anything like that, is it? Just, she just shuts the curtains to stop Margate, what's his name, looking in the window. Oh, what, the seagulls? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Ricky, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, first of all, have you got a gold card? Unfortunately not, no. I'm, I'm old school. I don't work on site. Um, I did my 236 back in... 2000 and something. Um, so I did my part one, part two. Um, part one, then... how old are you? Oh, I'm 38. Yeah, well, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do part one and part two. That's a bit weird. I didn't do when that. did you do yours? I qualified in 99, but I didn't. I when I started, part one and part two were a thing that was been phased out. So that's interesting. That must be yeah. a, an area thing. Hmm. Well, I did, I did my part one at Stafford College, so Nick Bundy's land. Um, and then I did part two. At Wolverhampton College, um, my accent's from Wolverhampton. I was born in Gloucester, but I now live in Sandy, Bedfordshire. Um, and then did my 16th. I've done my 17th. Did my 17th amendment too, and then obviously 18th a couple of years ago. Oh, I did my 2391 in Birmingham in about I don't know, probably about 10, 15 years ago. Uh, <laughs> So you could get a gold card, couldn't you, with part one and part two, but you just ain't got no, one? No, so I had the experienced electrical worker card because I was looking to work on site, and they told me to get the gold card, I'd have to spunk a shit ton of money at the wall to do one of these mature candidate assessments, which I just thought, I've gone through the ranks, I did my apprenticeship, um, mm. I've brought loads of apprenticeships through the system, I mean... It's a shame we don't have a review network for you know electricians with apprentices, but I've got loads of stay in touch with even engineers, um, you know, and I've I've brought them for the ranks, and I've got guys that I've worked with in the past who've made a big thing about having a gold card, yet you know they're useless. You're pre gold <laughs> card, aren't you? That's the thing is you are actually yeah. like so you are pre gold card, aren't you? It didn't. Yeah. It only yeah. started getting popular after the part one and part two finished. So really, you have done it properly. It's just that you mm-hmm. sort of linger before, yeah. But it's good. But, it's good because obviously the frustration for me is I've spent a lot of time, money, and obviously invested in my own development, like the two three nine one, keeping up to date with the regs. Um, and then there's like these obstacles in the way that they, they want experienced workers like myself 
to do more work just to get a piece of plastic that says I'm an electrician when I'm actually an electrician anyway. Oh, uh, you know. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't have a gold card. <laughs> it's interesting because you are in that little void where part one, part yeah. two went out, and whatever numbers it was came in. And before that, they weren't that much. Yeah. Be interesting to know whether the JB gold card come in now. Now you've said that, I'd be interested. Interested to find that out. I might have look into that. It's such yeah, a minefield. It's such a minefield. All this um, gold card and not gold card and experienced worker and stuff like that. It's. Um, there should only be one way into the industry, and for years it hasn't been. And it's sort of yeah. it's sort of cultivated this this divide between gold card and non gold card. And people go, oh well, I know gold cards; they can't do anything. And I know people who've never done a qualification and they're mustered. And it's great because there's going to be exceptions to every every rule in every walk of life. But the fact is that where it was so fragmented for so long, you've now got this mm. divide, and you've now got people who are qualified but not really to some people and some people mm. who are qualified not really to others it's mental so I, I don't know anything before which i've just realized this second of the conversation i don't understand anything before the qualification in gold card i don't know when it came in i know parts one and two were out for a while which were traditional routes to time served and i know there's mm. blokes from my firm that done parts one and part two and were classed as electricians but i didn't i'll have to look into that because i'm quite interested now mm. to see that it, it used to be that you could you could do like the the two three three oh or sorry the city and guilds qualification and then you could get your boss to write in yeah and get they'd say he is of a sufficient standard yeah. that, but now if you haven't got one previous now if you suddenly go back now they're sort of like well now you've got to comply with the new regs and that so yeah, yeah. it's mm. a bit weird on that i'd like to know if anyone else in that position if you're oh, now in the past i've had someone who's got pretty much the same qualifications as me a few years older and he got the black card. And I think there was like a cut-off date that the JIB said, if you didn't have the card by this date, you couldn't get a gold card. Well, I I worked in maintenance for probably around about six years. I was an electrical maintenance uh, engineer at two. I wanted a steel work and then a timber factory um, before I came back on the tools of a full-time spark. Um, that was just a, a DOS, really, you know, good money, easy work. <laughs> so, I've, I mean, I've got a bit of a, obviously, industrial background in that sense um, i'll tell you i'll tell you a black card story now yeah and I, i've got yeah. one i was flashing up today right when i got my black gold card i sent the form off and they just just sent it there i was just literally like fuck it i'll send it into upper so they sent me a black card since then i've acquired the experience mm. and the knowledge and the qualifications to keep it but when i went back in like the 2000s the jerby had sent her a card mate it's, if, you, if you got a dead dog and took a picture of it and filled the form for it, they'd send that card. And uh, sorry, JIV, but that's how it was. That's how I got mine. I don't mind coming on and admitting it, but yeah. Um, but now they seem to have got like well regimented and strict on it, which is a bit of an odd one. There's no. Are we, we going to get on topic? Are we just going to talk this, nonsense? This, this is the preamble. Love, this is what people listen for. You love yeah, but, a tangent, you guys. You did bring <laughs> you, you did bring him. You did bring your your chap here mm. on for a reason. Do you Good want reason. to elaborate? Yeah, I'll talk about community because obviously Ricky, uh, Rick's done some community stuff, like volunteering that. Uh, he's active on the media, having the chit chat of everyone. Done something that we going to talk about, which I thought was quite nice. But yeah, um, how good is the community? That I think Spark is shutting each other too much. Mm. I see. And I, think I don't know this. Up being little whingy bitches. Although I am in a spat with a few people. Not gonna lie about it. But um, yeah. generally, there's a lot of people. Throwing crap around that could just do with being so what, on the edge. So what I reckon is there's um there's like echo chambers, loads of little echo chambers on social media where 
they will sort of have their opinion. Like, and when I mean social media, I come from the days of WhatsApp groups. So you have WhatsApp groups, <laughs> job sharing WhatsApp groups for Sparks in London. And then they the, the debates will get so heated in these WhatsApp groups about agencies <laughs> and the ACA being like demons and stuff like that run by like baby eating people. And then you got <laughs> baby eating lizards. David Ike saw them. And then you and then you've got and so then they would break off into chat groups. So you'd have like you'd have your militant union sparks and then you'd have I hate them. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I'm and, then, and then you'd have all these other people and there'd be massive online rows and it'd be going on for days. So there is communities that are good and bad. You like for instance, if you look at the apprentice one to one community, which you're a massive part of that's only good stuff, isn't it, really? I'll tell you what, right? I, 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 you know, when I came on here and I started doing this with you, I expected to get people messaging me and telling me what a dick I am, right? And I'm cool with that because everyone's entitled to the opinion. It doesn't happen. I'm quite disappointed, actually. I'm quite I don't sad think, by that. I don't think you should refrain from telling people what y- your opinion, but, like, there's just a lot of, like, non-community stuff. Like, I quite like... There's a few people on Twitter I love arguing with about electrical stuff, technically, or about other stuff. And we're both doing the same thing. We're both kicking the can to get the argument. But then some people just get dead Are we talking about Mr. Bridgman here? Bridgman loves it. Loves it. He loves an argument on Twitter. And I like it. I enjoy it. He's like, he'll always, if I said dark is black, he'd say it was white. Yeah. yeah. And and, and he'd argue a good reason why, but there's some, there's there's a lot of hate out there on Twitter as well. And it could be. You're just controversial. I think, I think you say what a lot of people feel and think. My only aim on this, right, I come on this show, I don't get paid, I don't get any reward or anything, I come on here to represent Sparks, because I'm a Spark, and I own, my only goal is to be the Sparky Spark. If you want to send me something, you're not going to get me talking about it or saying how great it is. I don't get sponsored, I don't get paid by anyone, that's my game. So I, because of that, I'm free to say what the fuck I like, and that's what I do. But... And he does. Yeah, and he well, yeah, because it's good. Life's too short not to, innit? And I, and I, but I will happily listen to someone telling the opposite and then I'll discuss the difference as well but when you start getting blocked is my big bugbear or removed from stuff or moved on like what is that that's what... that's what threw you into that's what threw you into the electrical uh, twitter sphere not what... only that right I, there's, there's there's a group on facebook I not name it right and it's run by a guy and he's well known for being Sparky a left wing no, no, it's not that group. It's another group. I think it's Electricians Community. Electricians. Something oh yeah, ever. yeah. It's a big and old group. It's run by what I would call a left-wing trade unionist bellend. Yes, it is. Yeah. Right, and and someone made me the admin of Electrical Community UK, and then the raving left-wing unionist bellend come on the group the other day, and I went, "Are you going to unblock me from your group?" And he went, "No." So I deleted him off that one. <laughs> Fuck you. Three years later, but oh, I. I didn't go looking for trouble. He brought. He just said, "Oh, I'm not having your opinion on here." And I'm like, well, oh, "What was it? What was the group called then?" Just tell me what the group's called. It doesn't matter. I can't remember, which is why I'm not thinking it. But it's run by someone, and they just they threw you off for all sorts because they like they thought. Who is it? Who me. is it? Is it Frank Morris? No, it's Trevor Ord, isn't it? Oh, okay. So they bid me off that one, and I was like, "I ain't done anything." Like, and then so, the week, I got the own bag. So fuck you. <laughs> do you know what it is? There's there's but loads why? of. Well, there's loads of little... silence, is what I'm trying to say. Sorry, I need to get the point out. No, what I think it is, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of like, as with any community, 
the people with them their mad opinions. It's like very. I've been I've been in quite a lot of these communities over the years where I've been front and center with union stuff. Mm. I've been front and center with podcasting stuff, and I've talked to so many people. What I've realized mm. is you have these communities of like real opinions. Like there's yeah. there's community out there. There is a guy. I'm gonna give him a massive shout out. It's called Ray, right? He is my mortal enemy. Okay. Hi, Ray. Give us a call. And his Twitter handle is called Helping Sparks Out. And what he does is he raises money for sparks who are injured or ill. And mm-hmm. he gives them the money or gives their family the money, especially over Christmas and stuff like that. He's not a bad guy. He's just an opinionated guy that um, I have spent many, many hours arguing with because he was misguided in certain areas. And um, but I just want to give him a shout out for the work that he does, helping hmm. Sparks out. It's a big, it's um, it's a nice thing that he does. He does it for mostly um, Sparks in and on the agency circuit in London, and he's and he's raised loads of money. So what's your, loads what, of money what, out. what do you two like to fall out about then? Just just um, roughly, just technical things or? So I fell out. No, fuck. As if I, as if I could <laughs> fall out with anyone over technical. I struggle with a two way switch today. Um, <laughs> It's more about stuff like um, because I come from the agency scene. And yeah, it's all about your union. Subbing, yeah, so I the union is unite, and they have their opinion on what should be done and why it should be done. And I sort of had the a, a different opinion. I was more about let's just help ourselves, like let's become better sparks, do things differently to what the people that we've been doing before and mm. elevate ourselves out of the problem rather than all grouping together to elevate us as a whole because I don't no, think I, that's ever going to work you're I never going to beat the ECA because they're smart people and we are electricians we haven't there's their job to do what they do and I don't even know if you need to beat the ECA it's like their job is to get the best deal for them United's job is to get the best deal for us and yeah, they're, they they're t- always going to argue by default aren't they? that's always <laughs> yeah. going to happen and I just saw that there was a different way to do it. And it upset a lot of people. I was really hated. <laughs> the thing is, though, even though you've got some... It's, I, I don't think bad blood's the crock word, but you know what I mean? You've got some argument going off. You can still come in and say what great work it does for the channel, stuff, can't you? Which is... Which is yeah, what, man. I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying it should be like. That but is this exactly is... what people should be like on the social media and with each other, I think. But for the last... like, This is only a recent sort of development in my head. I've only sort of, it's only because I've been right to the bottom of the barrel, I've been in amongst it, I've fallen out with literally everyone on Twitter at some point, any other group I've fallen out with, and what you have to realise is, people are people, they have their opinions, it's not arguing about religion, don't bother, (laughs) don't bother, because they believe it, so you're not going to change someone out of believing it, so what I like to do now is just like, have people on from different communities, Mm-hmm. understand what their what their point is and, and try and take something from it but you're the where, where you two met is slightly different in terms of it's more of a charitable community now i know that rick you do a lot of charitable stuff you're there to help people help out the um the uh well help out anyone really isn't it oh, i volunteered this morning to marshal a 10 mile race um so, yeah, got up early this morning just to stand out in the rain, clapping people yeah, on, you know. What about your tools, Rick? I want to talk about these tools you got. 
Tell us all about the tools right. you collected for someone, which is what do you think you deserve a bit of credit for? If you've read it already, but I want to have some well, more of it. To, to be fair, I, when I did this, I didn't do this for me, for fame or anything like that. Um, but really, I mean, as you can see, I'm not like that adapt with um, social media just yet. I've only been on Instagram since January. Um, but anyway, um, I had a job in Kettering and when I finished the job in Kettering, I popped to the house that we did the DOA SOS and arranged with obviously uh, the family to meet them. Um, and when we sat in the kitchen, bearing in mind, I'd never really sort of met them properly because during the project, they weren't there, were they? Mm, no, um, I don't see any of them. No. So obviously they invited me to their home, um, made me a weekend cup of tea, um, sat there and had a chat and the mum said, our daughter's got some great news to tell you. And uh, she basically came up with, I'm, I want to do an apprenticeship in either electrical or plumbing. Boom. And obviously, I shot down the plumbing straight away. I said, <laughs> you don't have to unblock toilets in our trade. <laughs> um, so basically, yeah, she signed up to do an electrical apprenticeship. But um, whilst I was there, I said, I've got a lot of old tools. Um, when I say old, like decent stuff, you know, replacing the old... <laughs> You know, red, the red and blue Nipex stuff with the red and yellow. So I've just put the blue Rick's stuff so aside. Pimp, even his crap tools are decent, all right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I went through. And then when I obviously went through what I had, I thought, okay, we're short of this, short of that. And I thought, you know what? Let's reach out to the community, see who's available, see who can help. And it was awesome. You know, the response I got, I've got a lot of ignores. Um, but, you know, let's let's look at the positives here. Um I mean, I'm right to just shout out people who, who helped out, you know. Of um, yeah. Um, no rules well, on this podcast, fool. <laughs> yeah, well, well, Joe from JR Electrical, similar to me and Jamie, I've never met each other before Instagram. Joe lives five, ten minutes from here. He donated a, a mega um, pen tester and socket tester off his own back, you know, sole trader. Um, and then, obviously, Mike from Lodo and Alicia, his partner, um, I sent them a message and I was expecting a no. I mean, I, I was looking for a tool bag to put all the stuff in because it was just in a carrier bag. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, Mike and Alicia came good. And they didn't just give me any old tool bag. They gave me like, a £180 Velocity Pro Rogue 8.5 or 7.5. Nice. That's from loadout.shop, I think it is. That's, yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> it is loadout.shop and, then... and there'll be a link in the show notes. And then Nip- Nipex, um, they they got in touch um, and they sent us a you know a few tools over. Hager sent us those screwdrivers. Um, I was then told afterwards, don't give them screwdrivers away. They're worth a fortune. And I'm like, listen, this is not about me. This is about the next generation. Um, so, so like you know, when I put it all together, I was like, wow, this. To be honest, I end up sending a lot of duplicate tools to her, but I was in that sort of mindset of like, well, this is what I was giving her anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up with extra screwdrivers um, and then Klein came through and Super Rod, they gave us a set of rods, um, tape measure, a pad saw. So basically I sent out a list of people with like sort of what people had donated and what we were outstanding. Um, somebody let us down at the last minute, but I just went in the screw fix and just brought what was outstanding on the business and sent over to a, you know, a full set of tools and, Bless her. She sent us loads of photos, videos. She's she's now started her apprenticeship. Wow. Teacher or the lecturer has told her that her tools are better than his. Um, you know, she's <laughs> it's great. So that's little Maisie. Uh, I think Maisie Electric. Um, I'll, I'll get her details up for you. But yeah, she's only sixteen. I've sort of put her name out there and got her involved with the female Spark Network um, because they all seem to be very supportive of one another, which, which is great. 
They're wicked. Yeah. Don't like, sit around that cauldron at night talking about it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, yeah. listen, like I've I've always supported the the female electrical network um since day one. It's always been a big thing for me, especially now I've got a daughter. So yeah, big shout out to the ladies of the electrical industry, especially on social media. They are amazing. Every single one of them. Um Amy, Kimmy, Summer, Gina, you name it. I've missed out a load, but they are all very awesome yeah. and they're there to help. Well, how old do you? How old's your daughter now? Three. Oh, mate, wait, wait till she's about six. They're great for lifting up and putting their arm through um holes <laughs> through put in the ceiling. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. My little girl Joyce, I've had her up literally shoulder deep into the ceiling, grabbing cables. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tool we need in the toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> my mate, my my daughter loves helping. She'd love to come to work with me. She always asking, but yeah. she's too young yet. But. The community. See, that's what I got on for me. Because, like, I'm not getting on to blow smoke off, but if everyone was a bit more like that, it'd be better, wouldn't it? And spark tradesmen are renowned for shitting on each other. I think. I think. Um, I think it's a, it's a funny thing because I think if you do it too much, people start rolling their eyes, and then not that, not just that kind of thing. They're not like constant charity because that does get annoying. But I mean, like on site, like just help each other out. The first oh, thing mate. I do is like. I always like go to play. if the plaster's got a broken drill, which they always have because they they lager drinking pissheads. I was going, oh, do you need your drill fixing, mate? That way, my boxes don't get full of goo. You know, just stuff like that is simple to thing, and you can no, keep everyone I would after. not do that. I would never do that. What you won't? I would fucking throw their drill. drill out the window and say, <laughs> "Get your shit out of my way." I'm the king trade. But then you the king trade is here. Of, then you'll get boxes full of plaster. No, I'm the king trade. Peasants. Everyone else is a peasant on site. They won't be really watching this podcast anyway because they can't hear. But um, it just makes life easier on site to get along with everyone. Unless someone, and don't get me wrong, I've said before, yeah, I'm not a total peace-loving, daisy-throwing hippie. If someone's <coughs> a dick, they need treating like a dick. But give everyone a bit of a chance to not be a dick, I suppose. There's a, there's a lot of communities where, like, even the social media communities, uh, like the WhatsApp ones, they can be really, really strict. And... You get kicked out for almost anything. And that's quite dickish. There's a few Facebook groups that are like that and Discord groups that are like that, that are a bit dickish. The problem um, is, like, is this is, this is, I am, I represent, I am a real life Sparky. I trained as a Sparky. I am a Sparky. I like swearing. I like to like it, yeah. But then someone, someone goes, oh, I don't like your opinion about being an electrician. Off you go. And you're like, well, hang on. What right have you got to tell me what do you dozy fucking dick? <laughs> Like, yeah, but, and you I get a lot of that. You thing. get a lot. It's like some electricians think they're basically scientists. I and don't want anyone with individuality coming in here. No, how dare things. you? How dare you? <laughs> Ethical, moral. Like, it's just ridiculous. I, I, listen, I'm a tradesman. I'm a tradesman for a reason because it suits me. I like what I do um, and I like site work and I like everything about it. Sometimes I get the ump about it because sometimes going onto certain sites is dreadful. <laughs> It's dreadful, and you want to talk about community on on certain sites. It can be it can be absolute hell. People can be horrible, vindictive, horrible. I mean, back in the back in the noughties, like card carrying sparks versus subbies, you may as well have been like, you may as well have been at war. 
You might as well be. You might as well that bad. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's that as bad as bad anymore because I think a lot of those people that instigated that, which to be fair, were the card carrying sparks, have left the industry because they've all died, thank fuck, of asbestosis because they didn't do anything at all. But it was bad. It was like people were literally like, "Don't talk to the subbies." And you're like, "I'm there as an other going, why not? He's he's just just uh, to chat to any, or don't don't mingle with the subbies." Like, yeah, that's what it was genuinely like, which was terrible, really. Well, one of the things that when I went on the cards as a as a site manager not so long ago, mm-hmm. last year or whenever it was, the difference turning up on a site as a site as a cardi and turning up as a subby is so different. It's such a different experience. It's so much nicer. Um, but yeah, I still miss being a subby. I still miss being a subby. I didn't. I didn't we, enjoy being on the cards. We had subbies where I used to work, and obviously it was me that would sign off their sheets to get paid, and they were part of the team. Um, I mean, there's one guy I don't know his last name, but his name's Dylan Cambridge Way. So if you ever have Dylan come to you for a job, take him on. I have never seen fuse boards as neat as what he can do. They are out of this world. The, the I mean, I'm neat. Is- he takes neat to another level, you know. The problem is, um, there are a large number of subbies that will jump from job to job doing shit work, right? Yeah. But there's also, and I've worked for firms, yeah, there's immense numbers of different balance working for firms on the cards that want burning. <laughs> but but sometimes they'll just forget that, and it's it's it both. Everyone's just as bad as each other. There's an equal proportion of balance in both of those industries. Yeah. But there was a real big theme in the 90s, and probably from the 90s as well, where they just hated each other. It was like apartheid for Sparkies. It was crazy. Yeah, big time. Especially I'm, like... I'm t- so I was talking like cars getting rolled over and all that kind of shenanigans. <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> See, that's uh, that up north stuff. That's not happening down south. If this was in Farnborough, <laughs> they were literally rolling cars over because subbies were coming off other jobs and, and undercutting other subbies and that. It was, it, was, it was like the Wild West. We could do a whole show on it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a funny thing, the Sparky community. Um, and I think, as with anything, even like um, being a Sparky, you've got to make it work for yourself. Like, I just don't involve myself on, on with um, communities that, that piss me off anymore. I just can't be dealing with it. I once had an argument with, with Ray and his little posse about union stuff for 12 hours straight. I woke up in the morning and it was going off. My name was dropped on a WhatsApp group and I just went deep. And then my wife went to work. She come home after all day, 12 hours later, she come home and I was still in the same thing. I was out of my mind, like stressed. And she's like, what are you still doing? I was like, fuck off, bitch. <laughs> like, and, and at that moment I was like, oh, wow. I've been on here all day. Day arguing over whether yeah. crosshead or flathead screws are the best. <laughs> Panheads or just normal ones. The problem it's... is, like I say, it's opinion. And like I've got what my opinion is, is that you should never silence another person's opinion. They should be able to give it, especially if it's a public style forum. If you've got like a business page and someone's coming over there slagging your because using panhead screws, you can delete them. It's your business. If you're encouraging an open style community, which is a uh, meant to represent a fair amount of the trade, like a Facebook group, but you're getting rid of people because they think the old wine colours were better. You're a moron. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, because that is meant to represent everyone having their say, isn't it? Some is coughing up your audio viewers. I've got this thing, man. It's driving me insane. Right. So, we're changing the subject now. Um, our good friends at Verso have um, sent us a little video to watch. Hi, guys. William here from Verso Electrical. So recently, we've done a video on double pole 20 amp switches or switch spurs for three kilowatt systems like immersion heaters and storage heaters. What we'd like to know is what is your professional opinion on whether you should be fitting three kilowatt systems into either a 20 amp switch or a switch spur. Love to know your thoughts. So that was Will from Verso um, with his question. Jamie, what was his question? So. Uh, what I think of this is, should you be using 13 amp switch fuse spurs for things like immersion eaters and storage eaters and that kind of thing? Is that what he's getting at? Mm -hmm. I would say so. So the way I, the way I was brought up, which is we've been discussing this podcast, was dragged up. Um, I only use a spur to reduce a fuse size off a ring or provide like a local reduction. So I want immersion eater there. They're over 13 amp, aren't they? Or can be. Because mm -hmm. this is where you get brown spur. This is where you get with brown spurs, isn't it? Everyone's seen a brown spur where it's just over 13 amps. So, no. There's a, there's a few on my page. Is it? Council properties where they've chucked in 13 amp few spurs on a, you know, what should be a 20 amp double pole isolator. I've seen, I've been to more than my fair share of flats where you've got storage eaters which come in various flavors and sizes and like the th the little one there's like one bar ones in the one element and it's fine then you go in the living room the five bar one the spurs melted so no there's definitely it does happen though it's a good mm. question because it does happen this doesn't it people do pick the wrong things well, yeah, i always sounds say quiet sounds quiet don't know what you're talking about well yeah. I, I think double pole isolators should always be fitted for stuff like that especially on immersion heaters or anything with an element Obviously, if you get an earth leakage, then you're going to get tripping hmm. from that. And at least you can shut that because not all fuse spurs yes. are double pole. Oh, this is there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, technically, it's like the electrician show. Jesus, can I get my gold card now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll give the proper gold card opinion. Thanks very much, Rick. <laughs> no, you're right. I didn't think of that. Yeah. So if you have an emotion, if you have an element go down, you could be sat there with your split load board tripping all night and you can't do the old on the phone to people, right? Turn everything off. Then turn it back on one at a time, kind of say, Yeah, it is common though. And it's, I've never thought about it before, I've just always put thought, Oh, that's wrong. But yeah, good bit of information, people. There, design your circuit I mean, properly. Little tangent, I mean, I'm sorry, doing name drops of brands because we're doing a Versa thing, but I'm pretty sure they probably do it. But in the past, I've done like a grid switch with a fuse module and then two 20 amp double pole switches so that you've got you can isolate, say, like a garden suit. I do a lot of garden stuff, so you can isolate the garden from the house so if you do have nuisance tripping from outside pop them isolators off and then you've separated it from the house so you know you're not going to lose your rcd protection on the sockets and whatever else unfortunately and this is the problem is you're clearly thinking of the lifetime of installation its maintenance and the usability of it and you probably charge a decent rate for that and this is where you get you build down the pub or do it for half the price and he's whack, not whacking that in. And then when your pond pump breaks, your old ass is tripping and your fridge is defrosted. And, well, it was cheap. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and a lot of sparks feel that problem. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. 
<laughs> I've got nothing to add. <laughs> Come on, Tom, you must have something. Jesus Christ. No, I've yeah, got nothing so to add. When you're designing a circuit with Verso products, if you like, um, you've got to factor in. If you're putting a pump pump in, say, you need to be, before it leaves the property, putting some sort of isolator in. Now, in that case, mm. oh, so if it was that one, I'd probably use a, oh, go on then, a 20 mil. So if you take a 20, I'd use a spur there or an RCD spur, wouldn't you? So you didn't trip the main spur. Oh my God, I'm starting to get design here. Then I... Do you know what happened to me once? And it's similar, but not the same. Um, I had a garden lighting job and it was a driveway lights. And so I put them in from directly from the board um, to where did it go now? So it went to a light sensor or something. Anyway, what happened was the water table in the winter or when it was raining was really, really high. It's quite waterlogged around there. Mm-hmm. So where I'd buried it at regulation height, 30 centimetres down, it would um it would completely be submerged. All the joins would be mm. submerged. And after a while, water finds its way in. It don't matter if you put gel in it, it doesn't matter anything. Water will find its way if it's submerged. And um they would be tripping all the time. Like me. All the time. <laughs> so I had to I had to go back and bring it all up. Bring it up. I would argue, now tell me if I'm wrong, chaps, I appreciate your opinion on this, yeah. The only the only suitable joint for use in the garden that will keep water out, none of that magic gel crap or your resins or your gels is a resin joint. End of story. Nothing no, else. Beatles. Nothing no, do else. You know what, do you know what it, you should do? Is you put the joint in the bush or at the, on the fence. Above yeah, yeah, then tee off. So it's like so just an enclosure. Good, yeah, but underground-wise, mm-hmm. if it's not resin for me, because I, I follow a lot of joints on Instagram. How are you joints to follow on Instagram? And there's a lot of there's a lot of heat shrinking jointing now. And now I was joint I've brought up in resin. Resin never lets you down if you get it right. But this heat shrink, I just don't trust it. I would and these never, gels and pots and stuff. I would never ever bury a joint again. It's it's the dumbest thing. It's a yeah, thing. yeah. Mm. I go with you on that. Also, it doesn't help with maintenance, does it? Or if you want to uh, say you've got two yeah. boxes and you want to put one in the middle, it doesn't help you no. drag the cable back and that. No, it's it's just it's more hassle than it's worth. Would you agree, Ricky? Well, with with my garden jobs, um, funnily enough, I'm quoting one right now. I'll come back to that in a minute if you want. Um, but recently, I've always put the joints so that they're under the artificial grass, so I've still got access. But I always ask the landscapers when they're going to bury them to bury it in gravel rather than putting yes. sand uh, and substrate on it. Because then putting the gravel around it means the water's not going to pull over the box. Um, yeah, it's, it's more porous, isn't it? Also, I, mean, I suppose, just, just going to say, doing garden lighting, not every customer's going to want to pay for 30 resin joints, are they? Exactly. Well, so this is what I can say. I've got a job. I've got 17 lights. He's got three tree planters, and they're all going to be filled with topsoil um, trees are big trees, obviously, and they're all two thirty volt. They're all armored cable, and I've explained to him that basically each box with with the resin, sorry, not the resin, the gel, the earth bar that goes between the whisker box, two storm glands, the way goes, and then the gel plus your labor time. I said you're looking at around about one hundred eight pound per per point. Times that by seventeen. It, it, <laughs> it's a it's a lot. Volt. Did you say two thirty volt? And you go on lighting. Is that how you? Yeah. Is that how you roll? No cell. No, no. I, I. Well, this is where I've then said to him, 
I recommend we go self because then we don't have to wear all the armoured. Basically, the customers put the armoured cable. You see, right. so he's done the job and then got me Brick. in. Reasonably. <laughs> yeah. So I did say to him about going twelve volt. I said because we don't have to wear the armoured cables. We don't have to use armoured glands. We can use stuffing glands. We still obviously use the the gel the way it goes. Um, but I said we can reduce the the cost of materials probably about twenty thirty pound per joint. Obviously, over 17 joints, that's quite a bit of saving. And then, obviously, you've got the transformer. It's external. It's in a garage. Sorry, external, mm. internal. It's in a garage. But I, trying I to find to, some... I, just, I used to just bang it in. If I was doing tomato lighting, I used to bang it in as 240 until I saw a David Saver video about it. And then mm. I was like, how the fuck has some mm. asshole who's come to the trade loads later than me worked out that you will literally kill someone one day? And I was like, totally changed the way I look at doing mm. stuff like that. Because in a domestic house, you know you're going to get kids licking it. <laughs> like, Wait, putting, hold on. Why am I putting two forty in for kids to lick? So what? Right, hold on. Oh, Sam needs to know. Is this an education, well, I, an intervention? Well, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, so, I need someone to point me in the direction for low voltage lighting for gardens because there just doesn't seem to be anybody. See, this out was there. my question. This was my question. I spent hours and hours and hours trying to find them the lights that they wanted for their garden, mm-hmm. and mate, we had to order them from Germany in the end. So this and there is weren't no twelve out. volt option. Uh, wrong. Mm. This is what I found out. Right. This is. I, I always come in bum David Savory, but he's listen, great, right? Don't just shout out wrong. <laughs> no, I, I was wrong, right? And I, I, David Savory's got a video. It's, it's called Self Lighting Outside of Ghana. I'll try and link it onto this. So I'll put a comment, yeah. And I watched it, and it was before I got really into it. I was like, that's fucking genius. So what he does is he buys mains lights, GU10. Then he on eBay you can buy the converters that convert them to MR12 pins. So he just slap. So he buys any old lights he wants, slaps that converter in. There's a converter for GU35 to MR11, is it? Is that right, the numbers? I don't... MR16, MR16, so yeah. So if you're not yeah. seen it, I'll link it. I'll put, I'll put it in the comments tomorrow so everyone can watch the video. And I was like, that's great, because in the good old days, a 35-watt lamp, 12 volt, was what you needed. Now you need a one, a one or two watt, don't you? So you can have a transformer yeah. in the garage. Oh, lot could be 12 volt. You're not going to murder any kittens or anything like that. Revelation. It's all technical tonight. How many people die from mm. garden lighting, though? Do you want it on your conscience, though? Do you want your... I, I couldn't care less. If you if you do a safe install and then someone comes along and fannies about of it and kills themselves, that's on them. That's called... That's called Survival of the fittest. If someone finds around it, great, but what if... No, it's natural selection, isn't it? That's it, natural selection. Ten years of water ingress, and then suddenly this 80 milliamps at a box, bosh. What, on an RCBO? I assume it's an RCBO, don't you? Well, Or even an RCD. I don't... RCDs aren't magic. You can't just rely on an RCD for your protection. AFDD is magic. I get what you're saying, but to me... It's fail-safe is not one item. You can't just put an arsenal and they think no one's going to die. You've got to put multiple things in there. And just having 12 volt just means you're just going to get tingled, aren't you? And that's it. You don't need an RCD then because you can't it's die. It's funny you should say that, though, because you think of like a special lo- special location, like a bathroom. Where I was always brought up with the, you know, the, the rule of the three was either had to be IP rated, uh, low voltage, or RCD protected, so it had to be two of those three to be compliant. Oh, I've never heard that was... That's interesting. Yeah, so, so when, when we went through the ranks way back, I mean, you know, we're talking the uh, 16th edition, I guess I was told this by my, my sparky peer, um, and he said that it always had to be two of the three items, so it could either be low voltage and cell, sorry, low voltage and IP, or it could be IP and RCD, 
or it could be RCD and low voltage. So it had to be two of those three things for it to be put. So like with the garden, for instance, I've, I do everything IP rated. Everything's RCD protected, obviously, by our current regulations. Everything's certificated and notified. And then, you know, I've, I've started doing more self stuff where I can. But my problem is things like Knightsbridge um, and Saxby, they don't do a range of low voltage outside lighting other than the little decking lights. So, mm. and so, then it's things like, like then it's things like photocells and stuff like that. You, uh, uh, yeah, and it, it it's well, just not it's just not a practical thing. Manufacturers, yeah. listen to this and address yeah. this. Yeah. I, but I, I can send a lot of money away. You don't need yeah. to be pumping two forty volts around a garden unless it's for a socket. I think now. No, I um, think I think I think I think you might be right in theory, but no, I, think I agree. The, the fact is the problem. Is getting something that you can deploy that that the customers want in their garden might be a different. I think different we could scenario. all agree that the transition should be making should be the transition should be happening. These manufacturers making twelve volt stuff. Everything's low watch now. There's no need to be pumping two forty volts around to feed fifty watt lamps. You're not wrong there. Away. So yeah, I mean, Ooh. what are we agreeing for? It's like we're in some kind of community room arguing about something. Cool with a solution, and now we're all happy to go with it. <laughs> Yes, well, I'm not yes. having this on this. I'm not having this on this podcast. I don't. I don't think it's a bad shout. I just don't think it's ready yet. Like I just don't think people put enough time and effort into it. Unfortunately, manufacturers. Sorry, manufacturers. Yeah, a lot of manufacturers. I'm not with Tom. What's name brush? Especially Verso. Um, manufacturers yes, will, just, will just flog things that flog unless we say, "Look, mate, I want low voltage because I want to use self." They will just keep selling as the old shit. As per, if anyone goes on any American sites, which I love doing, love going electrical sites for Americans, they use stuff that looks like it's all out like the 1970s. All their fuse boards are like grey boxes that have never changed because they will just push that crap onto them. Um, so if we don't ask for it, we won't get it. I don't think we're. I, I think because we're a smaller country. And because the manufacturers are so in, involved in our regs, because they're all part, a lot of the manufacturers yeah, yeah, are, they, they, are they part of our regs, aren't they? So we yes. do, they do have a vested interest in what we install. So we're not going to be as restricted. Look at me, I sound smart today, boy. At least it's not as emotional as normally as this podcast. It's quite a high part today, but not emotional, which is nice. But yeah, Why? Because we... I usually shout at you for saying dumb stuff. Unfortunately, as we know, I know people have, people have died in gardens and on pub lighting. There's another day to really on that talk about. It does happen, but as a sparker, you are, are, not I like doing it at night, sleeping, enjoy it. I don't Mate. want to be at night. I want to be there going, everything I've done, no one's going to get slotted on it, yeah? That's my main aim in life at the minute. Yeah, but that's so mental. People. That's so mental. What's, what's what's mental about that? Because, like, you, that's just mental. Like, as long as you do it safe and to regs, no one should die. And that's why, go that's why I don't worry. That, that's why I don't worry, mate. I, don't, I, I do sleep at night. I don't worry about it. It doesn't bother me. But... There are people out there, the non, the, the cheaper people, the people that are probably undercutting people like Rick on garden lighting jobs, that are whacking it in and they're getting luckier. Unfortunately, they'll undercut people because they keep getting luckier. But one day, someone will cork it. And we're not seeing any big changes till someone famous corks it, unfortunately, because no one cares about the poor. <laughs> oh, we're getting political now. Well, you know, but yeah, but um, I, I just don't want there to be another thing in the trade where someone has to die to get something changed. Right. And, do you want to do... Last 10 minutes on your energy thing, or do you want to do that on another podcast? Ooh. Well, we've done a lot of podcasts about energy. Let's ask Rick. Let's ask Rick's opinion on what, what are you, how are you finding the energy? What are people asking about and stuff like that? 
You said that well, guy's got 17 golden likes. He must be minted. Uh, <laughs> well, he, he, he told me off the record that he's spending 75 grand on his job, on his garden so far. Yes. That's he's without my electrical work. Yeah. Yeah. I think oh, at the minute we've got to do a little bit on energy every week, haven't we? But what about... Oh, I like are you, it. Are you getting I people do... asking you about energy saving and all yes. that stuff? Yes, a lot. Um, I mean, obviously, my my house, I wouldn't go as far as saying we're super energy efficient here. Um, but I do have, and I do sell this quite a lot to people, is I have a PIR sensor on both my land. I've got a three-story house. And I've got a PIR sensor on both. No, 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 it's a townhouse. It's rented. Nah. <laughs> lights in the garden. No, three-story houses. Nah. <laughs> no, no. So I've got a PIR sensor on the first floor landing and a PIR sensor on the second floor landing and one in the master bathroom. Because the kids, they'll go to the toilet at 12 o'clock at night, go for a pee, go back to bed and leave the lights on. And there's nothing worse when that light just bleeds underneath and above the door. Yeah, yeah. So these sensors, after three minutes, turn off. And I wired them so three that Three minutes? Are... You are mint. Oh, <laughs> three no. <minutes>. no. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, that, that's one option. And I do get a lot of I'll tell of you people, what, mate. But... I interject. I've had lights like that in my ass for 15 years. I've got a PI on the front room that puts on the corner lights so you can walk in. Mm. One in the back room that puts on one strip of lights and the staircase, because I was the same. Yeah. Kept leaving them on. I've got sensors on the doors under the stairs and the pantry in the kitchen. So when you're out the door, there's like a little <laughs> contact. So at least there's nobody forgetting to turn them off. You've but... got automatic lights in your pantry, you motherfucker. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we, I did mention to you the other day, because... With the three-story house, so basically our downstairs, we've got a living room and a kitchen. Then on the first floor, this room I'm in now is is a like a double bedroom. This used to be the living room. Then there's another double bedroom opposite, and then above our bedroom, and then there's a small box room and a bathroom. So what I said to you the other day, if you remember, was about yeah, contactors. Yeah. And I think that is a good option, but again, it's versing, it's like putting the cost of whether you'll get that money back. And yeah. the idea I put to Jamie was like a hotel sort of basis. You know, you have to go in a hotel and you put your little card in the slot and the lights come on and, and the pair to the room was that you had like a last man out switch. So when you left the house, you hit the button and it dropped a contactor and just kept like an essential circuit on. So like your downstairs ring for your fridge, your boiler, your smoke alarms, your burger alarm. The only thing I, I will guess, put out, because yeah. we're, we're full of great advice this week, is right. I'll, I'll tell you, I, well, I'll not tell you, I'll ask your opinion, because that seems to be popular this week, right? Here's the one, yeah? If you switch your TV off at the plug, every time after you finish using it, your TV will not last a year, because that power supply will blow up. So great. you're better off stick, leaving it on standby. It doesn't, as long as it's not like an absolute vampire killer, eats like 30 megawatts a day. You are better off just leaving it on standby if it's a model on TV. I agree, because it will kill the power supply inside and it costs a fortune to fix it, if they can. But yeah, if anyone has got any hot energy-saving tips that you're dishing out as a Sparky, put them in the comments. Our comment section is getting quite rapid. Uh, what I will say is, from my point is, I'll stop putting my battery in this week. It's here. It's screwed to the wall outside. Hopefully no one will come and nick it because there's no cables in it. But I've started sticking it in, and I'm doing a bit of that on Instagram if anyone's interested. Do you know what happened to me this week? Really annoying. So, story. obviously, I've got my Verso um, bits and pieces um, sent through to me. And, obviously, I've been um, switches and spurs and all this sort of stuff, you know, how we roll. And I've been doing up Harper's room, my daughter's room. And I was like, right, let me go in there and change the sockets and light switch and all that, put these nice Verso ones in. 
took off the first socket, and I was like, "Well, that's obviously it's only got it's only got one cable going to it." Pulled it out, and it kept coming, and all of a sudden, <laughs> it was off. It, they you just what? They, they, the just cable was that far in in the wall, like just the cable was attached to it. Yeah, and then cut. Oh, so we're working. We don't go nowhere. Have you ever so, what? <laughs> So you never use that socket, you never noticed? No. No. Classic. I, you know, have you, you ever done the classic rewire? I've had my ass rewired, but can you come and have a look? And I got around there, and these geezers <laughs> put 18 inches of new cable in. That's what's happened here. On, on through crimps. And they'd left all the oh, water, and they'd no. change the sockets and put 18 inches of decent cable in. And then behind it all, it was all the old stuff. No. And, and I thought, that'd take longer than just rewiring the ass. But no, so that that didn't work. The other socket didn't work. Um, so we've just finished the bedroom. What was it, Prasimonash, yeah? Mate, mate, <laughs> I can't believe it. It's 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 actually soul destroying. Um, so yeah, I've got to um, I've I've got to put the skirting on this weekend, and I've got to rewire it behind the skirting this weekend. And what's the what's the rule about doing work in your own ass as an electrician? Just, just, it's just, do you know what? I am never, ever doing a room on a budget again. You have to sort of budget like a thousand pounds for each room now. That's it. Each room's a thousand pounds. You cost have to get your mate to do electrics because I don't want to do any work in my house whatsoever. It's gas. It, the stuff I do in my house is the worst work I do. So Harper's got her, uh, my brother's a chippy and he made like, a name plaque, each individual letter. Oh, right, yeah. Go above her bed. They're about that. That they're a really lovely thing. All pa- painted a different colour. So we painted one of the walls pink, and that's where it was going. Right? It's all finished. It's all all the paintings done. All the cutting ins done. And I put it up on the wall, and it's slightly off center. I I mark the center between the 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 R and the P. You'd think that's the centre of the name Harper, but it's not the way the letters are spelled. Oh, yeah, because it's because the way the wood is. Oh, the mate. Capital H. I, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, mate, this is a wind-up now. So I took it off, and I'd stuck it on with little sticky pads. And I took it off, and the sticky pads <laughs> left this little mark on there. And I was like, you know, like a sticky pad mark. And I was like, well, that'll rub off. So I was rubbing it with my finger, and the paint rolled up underneath my finger. And I was well, like, near, and this is where near the end of it. It's just finishing touches, and you're knackering it all. And, I, and then, so it's so the paint started rolling up, like it turned into some sort of like silicon or something. I was like, no. Anyway, so I stopped. I cut it out with a standing knife. Got rid of that bit. Put a bit of filler in there. Rubbed it down, and then the rest of the paint started ro- rolling up. And oh. like we're putting the finishing touches on. I had to strip the whole wall back to plaster. Do you have to stabilize it. it or something like that? Yeah, because oh. we'd painted over the old paint and it hadn't taken. And all it wanted to... I was pulling off sheets of, of paint. Ironically as well, I do recall you saying less than two podcasts ago, if you can piss, you can paint. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, you can't piss. <laughs> Mate, I was fumed. I, I was thought fuming. Say, I thought he was going to say, and I'm, I'm sure if he's boxing this, I was putting something up on the wall and I drilled for a cable. And the problem for an electrician is you immediately know what a bastard that is going to be to repair. Yes. So what you do is you withdraw <coughs> the drill, take take the drill back out carefully, flick the breaker on, and if it stays on, it gets left. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell, right, 
Um, Ricky, been an absolute pleasure having you on, mate. Yeah, thanks for having us. Monday Club. God we're save out. the king. Oh, damn right. Yeah. Monday Club, <laughs> we're out. <laughs> yeah, I...